What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we talk John Gruden, Dave Chappelle, and the movie we are reviewing today, The Many Saints of Newark. Yeah, let's fucking rage! If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz Rob on the mic, you got Cannabis Keen and he's alright. Caitlin is giving all she can give and Calvin doesn't even know where he is. This is Real Buzz Takes with the Real Buzz Crew. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today we are the Real Buzz 2. I'm Real Buzz Rob. I gotta put you on the brain. I always do. <laughs> and to my left we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. Oh, this boring cocksucker. Jehovah's Witnesses are more interesting. Oh! 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 Buonazawa, Romania! What's going on? How's it going? Howdy, Keenan. Um, it's going well. I just, um, I, I just uh, got back from, I had a nice Chipotle dinner. Oh, very nice. Yes. Um, and again, I, I think this only happens at Chipotle. You know how I, I, I get angry about specific things at Chipotle? It's, you know, people are ordering too much in front of me. Like, they have five orders. I want to punch them in the face. Yeah. There were... I have another thing. I get, I didn't say anything because I don't. I don't. I'm conflict avoidant, so I don't uh, like broach the topic while it's happening. But when you have a brand new person working there, and they oh. do, oh, dude, the the portions he was putting on. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? He's I, going by the book, though. No, 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 no. He's not. He had literally not by the book. This was this was less than by the book. It was this tiny. <laughs> he didn't want to give fire this though for tiny giving away little too much. Asian man who clearly. Ate an eighth of what I normally eat, and he was making a burrito for him, not a burrito for moi. Okay. Well, yeah, that sucks. I, I didn't say I, anything. Well, that's when you ask, could I get just a little bit more? But then they, like, stare you right in your I eye. I know. And put, like, they pretty much pick up the pan and dump it on the fucking burrito. Like, sometimes I'm like, could I get just a little bit more of the cheese? And they fucking, like, open a new bag of cheese and dump it on there and stare oh, yeah. at you. It's like, okay. I didn't need extra cheese or like a bag of cheese. I just wanted a little bit more. That's the thing. That's a little the thing. bit's not in their dictionary. Well, and it's well, they, they do that on purpose because like, oh, you're asking me for a little bit more. Fine, fucker. Yeah. And then exactly. they put on more than then a little you get bit more. Way too much. And then you're like, I shouldn't. I'm sorry, I said anything. I shouldn't yeah. have. Luckily, uh, I lucked out because uh, there was the lady came in and cheated the second half. So he, the the tiny Asian man, only did, and he, his arms were so skinny they yeah. were like toothpicks. And I'm like, sir, this burrito is not for you. Is for me, but luckily uh, someone else came and took over after the beans and the uh, rice were portioned on there, and she was much more generous with the uh, the protein and the queso. She gave well, me like an good. extra thing of queso. It's very nice of her. That's the part that you don't want to be uh, skimped on mm -mm. is the protein part, you know. Although, I, I if I'm being honest here, the, it wasn't quite the perfect chipotle taste without the right amount of rice. You have to have a good rice to protein ratio. That's true. I, I've 
like during since COVID. I don't know that I guess I've been into a Chipotle a couple times, but I've uh, started using the ordering in the app, you know, and getting delivered. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, because yeah, they a lot of times they're doing like dollar delivery or free delivery. It's like, all right, fine, fuck it. Um, and you're always running a risk because I, I like to ask for light beans and you never know. Are they going to give you two beans and the whole burrito or are they going to give you the regular amount? I mean, it's it's not going to ruin it. Here's but. the lowdown on that, Keenan. Uh, I've noticed when you order for pickup or for delivery, the uh, person making your food has less fucks to give because oh, they they're going to have no repercussions from this. I've, oh, yeah. I've had burritos with the wrong the wrong ingredients entirely, uh, not to mention very, very small ingredients. I'm like, dude, I, when I pick it up, I'm like, this this thing is half the weight it should be. What's going on here? It's well, because they don't care. They're just making them. Oh, they're making it for a faceless name. They don't give a into fuck. This, though, because that's different. Chipotle. I've never done the pickup inside. I've just done delivery. So it's interesting to hear that about the pickup because with the McDonald's and the Taco Bell apps, mm. if you order in those, I feel like they actually make them good because they're like, fuck, this person's coming to pick them up. I, this I've always gone and picked them up. They're like, so we we don't want to get a bad rating in the uh, app or some shit like that. Interesting. Because you can complain about your order and shit, you know? Well, so here's the thing. They have a third-party app, right? So they use, like, Uber Eats or they use... Um, well, no, I'm saying directly from the Taco Bell app or whatever. Okay, because when I, I do... Chipotle has their own app. They don't yeah. give me a chance to give them specific feedback, though. Oh, you got to go in there and... You know, find a place to complain. Well, I'm going to do that next time because yeah. I've gotten many a burrito that's been highly unsatisfactory. Yeah. Contact them. I think I'm going to. I'm going to do that next time. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, sulk about it for a day or two. Yeah. Uh, this is a real buzz first for me. I'm I'm doing Sober October. Oh, wow. But I still want to get real buzzed. So I'm drinking some nitro cold brew. Off that caffeine? With uh, a shot of espresso in it. So... Let's, so, I'm going to be running through a wall by the end of this podcast. Well, hold on. Is this just alcohol-free October or oh, sober yeah. October? Yeah, alcohol-free. Okay. Uh, alcohol yeah, you're, you're not crazy. See, coffee's already got me going, though. Uh, yeah, no, I, and just detox, I guess. I don't know. I, I wasn't already drinking too much, but, you know, I've wanted to do sober October for a few years now. See, I, it's something I think I should do. It's not something I want to do. It's not like something like, hey, I want to do this, but I'm like, I probably should do this. Yeah. Yeah, I, wanna, I more want to see if I can. Like I'm, I'm a week in or whatever, and uh, I couldn't tell you the last time I went a week without having a cocktail of any sort. So it's been or a beer or something. It, it, uh, we're talking seven full days. Yeah, with nothing. With nothing, not even a beer. Ten years at least. That's what I was saying. Maybe yep. not since I started drinking. Yeah, no, I don't. I did do sober half of October a few years ago. I made it two and a half weeks. Uh, well, so that's the last time then. That that would have been the last time, but yeah. Other than that, no yeah, idea. This is water. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not. I don't. Yeah. It's probably vodka and diet Mountain Dew. How'd you know? But it's a good thing that I'm all hyped up because I'm excited to talk about this fucking movie. First, let's get to the news. Big news. <laughs> The news. Let's start with John Gruden. He resigned today. <laughs> he did. I woke up. That's the first thing. Uh, I woke up. I was having a bowel movement to start my day. Yeah. It's a good start. That's a good way to say it, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. And I was reading through because on Sunday Night Football, I saw, uh, you know, unfortunately, I watched that entire fucking game. No, I quit. I quit in the third quarter. Uh, I saw Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy talking about it. They were defending him. Defending them big time. Yep. And then I wake up 
on this morning, I guess, Tuesday morning, and he had resigned. I was like, oh, fuck, that took a fast turn. And to be clear, here's what was originally released when Mike Tirico uh, and uh, Tony Dungy were defending him, which was strange because both of them are obviously men of color, African-Americans. Yeah, Mike Tirico had worked with him for many years. Monday so Night Football. Came, came at it from that angle. But uh, it was after emails were, were released from 2011 to 2018. One of the emails was sent to uh, Washington football team president Bruce Allen back in 2011. The email Gruden said NFL Players Association president president Demory Smith quote dumb Boris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. Now when asked about that he was like no 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 it's cool I didn't mean it like that. What I meant by that was I think liars have rubber lips. What he's, he says anytime I, someone I lies, I hadn't heard that. Well, that's because it's 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 hogwash. It's nonsense. <laughs> it's completely made up. Jesus Christ! The fact that he'd even tried to dignify that with some kind rubber lips. He's like, yeah. Anytime someone's a liar, I, I tell them they got rubber lips. I'm like that doesn't. That's not a thing, John. What the? Fuck? That makes no sense. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Not in, you in your twenty or ten years of broadcasting, no one's on record <laughs> hearing you ever say that either. Yeah. I Holy mean, fuck. Uh, I see that smell. That guy's got rubber lips. I don't think he's telling the truth. Yeah, no. It, it, what, it, what What? metaphor works there? What, what are you talking about? What association? What What analogy? What metaphor? It's nothing. It's hogwash. It's bullshit. Yes, it's bullshit. It was a racist, racist yes, comment. Clearly very racist. And had he just stopped at dumb Morris Smith, Not I would have given bad. him... Oh, that's a good pun. Not that bad. Oh, oh. Uh, but then you then you throw in the racist stuff at the end, and it's like, okay, he well, could have said Dumb Morris Smith is really being a pain in my ass. So Tari- I would have been okay with that. So Tariq, so Tariko and Tanji were on record defending him after that was released. This is when he had to resign. Uh, there was another email sent to Allen that referred to Roger Goodell as a quote faggot and a clueless anti-football pussy for pressuring the St. Louis Rams to draft quote queers which is an obvious reference to Michael Sam, uh, the first openly gay NFL player who was drafted. Now, I, you know, even 10 years ago, I don't think this is probably acceptable language, especially to be using in a work email. Yeah, not at all. And the thing is, is I feel like during the Michael Sam drafting, I don't know, I guess this just proves that it, a lot of them thought it was just a publicity stunt. And yeah. Uh, and then Carl Nassib is openly gay, and he yeah. plays for John Gruden. Well, well right. Once, we, I mean, resign. He was going to get fired. You can't. He's lost the locker room. He just he said some real racist shit. Most of his locker room is black. I can't imagine they're going to want to hear what he has to say or really trust him anymore. So he was going to get fired regardless. Um, also sent more emails criticizing the hiring of female referees as well as the acceptance of players protesting for racial justice during the national anthem. He was a big proponent of. They should not be able to play if they're kneeling to the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Also exchanged topless photos of a Washington football cheerleader with multiple associates. So I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, man. He Jeez. really just was. I mean, he was going all in, huh? I look, dude, I can I be honest with you? I we're very close. I would say as close as people can get best of friends. I don't think I've ever shared a topless photo of someone with you. Yeah. No. Can you imagine with a work colleague? Yeah, sending it through emails to the National Football League. Yeah. And the other thing is, is part of this, uh, these all were released, I guess, as part of an investigation into the Washington football team. Correct. And only John Gruden has, you know, so far been exposed. I have my suspicions about that. I think it, he's being fed to the wolves. He's the sacrificial lamb. I think there's 
I think there is. I in fact, I'm 95 percent sure there's a ton of shit that because they're not releasing anything. They're like, yeah, we did our investigation. Well, what'd you find? We're not gonna tell you. I saw something on Grindface on Instagram. Shout out to Grindface. Uh, the fuck is Grindface? It's like uh, like a meme channel. No, it's like World Star, but better. Oh, cool. Uh, anyway, I, I it was like you know John Gruden's getting thrown under the bus, but let's not forget about fucking Bob Kraft getting jerked off in the uh, Thai massage parlor. Rubbing tugs. Yeah. Jerry Jones has pictures with prostitutes and shit like that. Oh yeah. I hadn't seen those before that, and you know, so yeah, it's. I mean, just imagine all the shit that's in those emails. And you're probably right about John Gruden just being the one that they're like, all right, Johnny boy, well, you've you've been a loyal soldier no, to the NFL, I, no, but you called me the right. word. Goodell's like, hey, so, man, you called me the the worst anti-gay slur in the book. And uh, yeah, man, you're I'm I'm definitely throwing you to the wolves. I think it was Kenny Powers, John, who said you're fucking out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was surprised to not surprised that he said any of that, but like to wake up this morning and see that he had resigned. I was like, holy fucking shit. I, what I was not surprised by was the amount of people defending him on the Internet. Oh, my God. There were people defending him. a but... lot of people. Not, I'm not talking about anyone of importance. I'm talking about Twitter. Twitter's yeah. not a real place. Twitter is Probably where Raiders fans and Trump supporters. Yeah. People who are like, yeah, cancel culture. This is not cancel culture, dude. I'm I hate cancel culture as much as the next person. You can't blatantly call the commissioner of the NFL an F-A-G-G-O-T and then also talk about uh, colleagues' size, lips in comparison to Michelin tires, whether or not he's a liar, is irrelevant. Yeah, go send those, whoever is complaining, if you work at a, a job that emails are sent, go send emails like that to your colleagues and see if you get to keep your job. Well, that, no, everyone's like, yeah, I bet if they went to your emails or your past and your internet, you'd probably be canceled too. I'm like, I'm not I'm not John, I'm not John Gruden. And it's not personal stuff. It's his yeah. work shit. And go into my past work stuff. Nothing in work. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely nothing. Oh, well, I swear in my IMs a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, there's there's yeah. not going to be anything racial or sexist or anything no. like that. No, you God, know? no. God, no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I've sent some memes that have gotten crickets and maybe I shouldn't have sent, but. Well, you know. all I know is somewhere Al Davis is simultaneously like rolling over in his grave uh, in regards to Gruden having to resign, but also smiling down on Mark for hiring the perfect fit for the Raiders head coach because Al Davis was a real racist piece of shit. Yeah. 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 Um, while we're on the topic of NFL coaches, I mean, Urban Meyer, he's going to be the next one to get the axe if I had to guess. That was another thing. I saw people online comparing the two saying they're like, I think what Urban did was worse. I'm like, really? I don't think so. Really? Urban has lost. He's just lost that locker room entirely. And he didn't fly home with the team. Did we talk about his video last week? No, we didn't. But yeah, he was. There was a video of him uh, at a strip club. No, it was his restaurant. It was like Urban Meyer's sports bar. Was it someone giving him a lap dance? It was just some chick at a bar. It was like if he was at a bar and like a DJ was playing. I've seen guys, you know, and gals at bars and he's just sitting at a bar stool and this chick's like dancing in between his legs. Yeah. And then there's a second video came out where he's like his hands between his legs, like upper ass pretty much. Like, oh, geez. I saw Pat McAfee going, he had two fingers up her butthole. <laughs> I <laughs> love Pat pretty, McAfee. Yeah, dude, it was funny he's the funniest shit. shit. He might have said three fingers, but anyway, it was funny as shit. And uh, I like his, he was like, hey, team, uh, I'm going to stay behind to see my grandkids. Yeah, it's like a 20 year old girl, too. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 21, I guess, because. 
she was in, but it's Urban Meyer's Sports Bar or some shit. And oh, the, it's Urban Meyer's Poor House. Yeah, uh, on the campus at Ohio State. Yeah, and he looked fucked up. Like the picture of him where his eyes like. I don't know. I like that that's code. I'm going to go see the grandkids when he's really just going to go stick his hand up a 20-year-old's ass at his bar. Yeah, pretty much. I, I'd Sniff like, his fingers for the rest of the night. I'd like to go see the grandkids, too. Yeah. that's Oh, that's what we're calling it now, huh, yeah. Urban? Yeah, Urban's going to go see the grandkids. Yeah, and then he like pretty Make much Make sure you wash your hands, Herb. Doesn't apologize. Like, his apologies. His apology was dog shit. Yeah. He's like, well, first, like, I apologize to all the players. Players are like, well, we weren't there for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I didn't get an apology. Yeah, he's fucking... Yeah, I don't know. So the NFL, man, they just, it's the NFL. I don't know. The Chiefs, they suck too. Yeah, its it's been a bad all-around year for football for me so far. I mean, yeah. I just, uh, I'm ready to move on. Let's go to next season. Yeah, let's let's go to the next topic. All right. Discussion. Dave Chappelle Backlash. Have you uh, seen Dave Chappelle's newest special, Closer? No, but, you know, I might watch it tonight. I saw the preview for Morgan with Morgan Freeman and him driving around. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a pretty good special. There is a lot of backlash due to one of the longer bits he goes on about, which is uh, an LGBTQ trans sort of bit. And I get why people would be upset about it, but I think if you look at it from an unemotional, what he was saying, and you, you'll, you watch it and you can tell me, uh, he was talking about how... Um, he said that gender, while it is an undisputed fact, gender is an undisputed fact, that doesn't mean if you want to be a woman or a man, you can't be, you know, if you want to be, that's what you want to be, that's fine. Uh, and, and he voices frustration with the trans community in regard to expectations of how fast society is getting on board, um, with the trans movement, you know, given the fact that black people have been fighting for equality for hundreds of years and still haven't really gotten that close and it's just kind of like he made the example that, you know, I was uh, a trans person was berating me at a bar and pointing their finger at me. They got their phone out and then they said they were going to call the police. And it was just like, OK, so you're trans until you need to be white again and call the police. And it, it it's an interesting I understand why people are upset about it. I think what he was saying I, I don't think he was being hateful. I don't think there was... He told the story about the, the transgender, uh, the trans female that he uh, befriended that was pictured at the end of his last special. And he said he became friends with her. Her name was um, Daphne, Daphne Dorman. He eventually knew her long enough where he asked her to open up for him in San Francisco, despite the fact she'd only done comedy a handful of times. And she went up there. Uh, she did terrible, he said, but... You know, they were still friends. You know, they still had a good time. And then um, Dave released another special and Twitter freaked out. And Daphne came to his defense saying, hey, it, he doesn't hate us. He's just trying to explain why he's frustrated. But he's jealous of the, the, the traction we've been getting. And she got shit on all over by the trans community. And she killed herself. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was real. It was it was pretty, pretty sad story. But just, I think we don't this know for a fact. in the last week or whatever no no no. this is all in the last couple of years oh okay okay um and then everyone's and here's the here's the thing so the trans community exiled one of their own just for trying to say hey he's not there's no hatred there's no malice behind his, his statement what he's trying to say about us he's just trying to express frustration uh in regards to how black people are because think about it like this nobody wanted to cancel dave Chappelle for making fun of black people when they started making fun of trans and LGBTQ, now people want to cancel him. 
Right. So it's just he doesn't feel like that um, they're treated the same. And to an extent, I think he has a point. Uh, and I also think he's a stand-up comedian. And I just, you know what? There's plenty of things that stand-ups say that I don't agree with or I think is um, that I think is probably not morally correct to say. But if is it funny? If it's funny, I don't care. Right. It doesn't, you know, I'm just like, oh, it's a stand It's not someone who holds some place of, uh, like... He's not up there giving a, a political speech. He doesn't like claim to be moral, moral, morally superior. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't claim to to be self righteous. He's just like, no, I'm just telling jokes. Yeah. What's weird for me is, as while I do love Chappelle Show and uh, Half Baked and Killing Them Softly and stuff like that, Man, I've only eh? I've only seen one of his specials since he's come back. Yes, six on Netflix. Yeah, I've only watched one of them, and I couldn't tell you which one that was. But it was one he released like four in the first year or something when Probably he came back two years yeah it's two at a time yeah two at a time and i watched one of the first two and thought it was kind of funny but i never watched the second one and then since then i've it's been one of those things i've been meaning to do so i i really i don't want to weigh in too much because I, I haven't seen any of it really but uh you know i will say i love chappelle show and stuff like that and i don't think that he I don't know. I shouldn't say anything before I watch it. No, um, watch it. And you can you can you know weigh in on yeah. it later because I I can tell you I just I if you want to if you want to cancel someone who claims to be morally superior and who claims to want to do the right thing and then doesn't do the right thing, great. If you're in a place like John Gruden's in and you you basically um, you had you work with African Americans on a regular basis and you're supposed to be a leader in that locker room and you're supposed they're supposed to be able to trust you. You can't probably. And you're sending out email racist things right. about black people. It's just not a good idea. Yeah. And I guess that's uh, two similar stories, different context. Dave is going up there um, and being a stand up comic. Again, I haven't seen what he said. And also with John Gruden, I haven't read the emails, but I've seen more. That, that's easier to digest than watching a hour long special or yeah. a series. And this of is probably 15 minutes of it, too. Yeah. Um, so. But John Gruden was, it's his place of work, it's a business, and he sent in emails that, things that he And he, he works for think. a company, he, things, you know? Yeah, things he shouldn't think, let alone write down, and I don't want to be like the thought police, but certainly not stuff that he should be writing down and emailing to colleagues. Certainly so. something he shouldn't feel that comfortable right. putting in print. Right, exactly. Um, But anyway, so I think two stories of people getting trying to cancel dave's not getting canceled dave's uh he's he's established himself as enough of that that we know he's not a terrible person i saw something that was just like netflix came out and said that they're not gonna pull the special no they said it, yeah. it's fine it's like look it, it, it's not hate speech we've gone over this we've we've had lawyers go through this we've looked at it we, it's not he's not being hateful uh i could see why some of what he says is pretty raw and i didn't agree with and i kind of thought oh that's probably not good but then by the end of it, I, I, I understood what he meant. And he if you listen to his entire stream of thought throughout the whole bit, you're it, in the middle, I was like, oh boy, Dave, this is pretty this is a pretty hot take. And at the end, I was like, all right, I see your point of view. So it's You know, I got a long drive home. Maybe I will put it on because I got the Netflix app. You don't need to watch that. I no, no, no. You don't that. need to, I listened to it, I think, too, when I was yeah. at work. So yeah. Uh, maybe I'll do that. All right. Now on to the movie. We are Unfortunately, this movie's not going to bring us up either. What do you mean? Uh, I'm just kind of depressed about this movie too. Depressing stories, you know. You think this was you thought this movie was depressing? I I 
we'll talk through about our okay. feelings. All right. The Many Saints of Newark release date was, well, just very recently, uh, October the 1st, 2021. Directed- Not the newest movie we've done, though. No. Well, it is, actually. Well, the most recent, yeah. but not the soonest after it came out. Correct. Yeah. Uh, director is Alan Taylor. Before this, Alan Taylor strictly directed television. This was his first feature. He did, I think he's basically under contract with HBO because he did uh, episodes of Sex and the City, Oz, Big Love, Six Feet Under, and nine episodes of The Sopranos. Some, uh, those are those uh, classic HBO shows. Yep. Those OG shows. Oh, yeah. And then after this, he is going to film a TV movie called Ring World. Know nothing about it. Ring World. Ring World. As someone with an R problem, that's hard for me to say. Wing World. Ringworm. Ring World. Okay. Cats. Cast away. Alessandro Nivola as Dickie Moltisanti and Leslie Odom Jr. as Harold McBriar. Honorable mention to Vera Farmiga as Livia Soprano. Ray Liotta as Hollywood Dick Moltisanti. Michael Gandolfini, uh, as, wait, Michael, yeah, Michael Gandolfini as Teenage Tony Soprano, Corey Stoll as Junior Soprano, Billy Magnuson as Polly Walnuts, Gua, Gul, Gultieri, 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 Polly Gultieri, uh, Samson, it's, uh, it is a Samoan name, and I'm, I'm not pronouncing it well, as Big Pussy, Bompensiero, Bompensiero. Bompensero. 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 I always fuck these up. Uh, John Magaro as Silvio Dante, John Barenthal as Johnny Soprano, and Michael Imperioli as narrator Christopher Moltisanti. It's a lot of honorable mentions. And this was... uh, It was enjoyable to see the younger versions of the characters that, for the most part... I think... 90% 90% of them did a good job. Corey still did a great job as Junior. Yeah, I liked him. I mean, Vera, Vera Farmiga, or she did the best. Easily the best. Vera yeah. Farmiga is, without a doubt, as she was Livia Soprano. Yeah. I know because I hated her. Oh, yeah. And uh, watching, like, the making of thing that comes with it, uh, like the little old characters and new thing or whatever, she was talking about how she watched the first three seasons over and over and over. And, like... But it didn't feel like she was just doing an impersonation. No. Like, she nailed Livia, but... It, she channeled still, Livia. Yeah, exactly. And whoever... Shout out to the uh, whoever did that prosthetic nose. Holy oh, shit, yeah. man. Perfect. But they did great on her, but shitty on Polly's. And it, then... Polly didn't look... Polly, the guy who was doing Polly was doing it okay. Yeah, I didn't he, I didn't hate the way he acted, but his nose in a couple scenes, like when he's painting his fingers at, or putting the finisher on when they're sitting at the yeah. table... It's just such an obvious fig note. Like, the color of it doesn't match the rest of his skin. I was like, fuck. It's like Matt Damon in Ocean's 13 yeah, the, style well, of nose. Hey, the nose plays. The nose plays. Uh, Livia's does. His doesn't. And then we can all just get this out of the way. Uh, uh, Silvio is just a caricature of himself. I mean, <sighs> Maron. It was so <laughs> bad. Junior, it's the summer of love. It's the summer of it's like, like he throws oh, it. Yeah, he's just doing... He's doing an impression. My wrong. If he was doing it a Saturday Night Live skit, right. I would find it fucking hilarious. He's as much he did a, a, like a he did to Silvio Dante what Alec Baldwin does to Donald Trump. I, absolutely, the same facial expression type thing and everything. Yeah, that, it's it's so crazy. It's it, a summer of that. It, it, what's funny is I like how they definitely confirm he wears a rug. Like yeah. in the first half of the movie, he just he's got that comb over going on. That, that was hilarious. I and I guess. 
I mean, I I'm a big Sopranos fan, but I I didn't realize that uh, Silvio and Pussy. I, I knew that uh, Polly would be that old. Yeah, but Silvio and Pussy being it, like, it's weird. They were older than you. Like yeah, you didn't realize they were that much older than Tony. Right. Don't. Yeah, because Silvio's already fucking bald by the time Tony's like ten years old or whatever. And okay, at one point when they're getting off the bus, uh, when they're uh, when Tony's younger. With Artie Bucco. Is that Artie Bucco? Okay, I was going oh, yeah. to make sure that was Artie Bucco. Because he says something about fucking my dad fucking says I got to fucking work at his the fucking restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. That scene did crack me up. I definitely remember being that age and swearing just like oh, that. Oh, my God. Like, once I found out I how to use the word fuck, I would just overuse it. Well, how not really how to use it, but found out that you could say it and get away with it. Yeah. Because they don't know how to use it either. They're just... I mean, some of the fuckings that they're throwing in there, it's like, this is unnecessary. Every, You're not using every part the word of, right. Every part of the English language. Noun, verb, adjective... Yeah. It is a great word. Very versatile. It is very versatile. Fuck the um, fucking fuckers. And that scene. So for my notes, once we get into them, I did them a little differently for this movie. Uh, I did a list of things I liked and a list of things I didn't like. Okay, I like that. And uh, that was in the that was in the good list. Yeah, that was that, that was part. Good yeah. writing by David Chase. All right, Alessandro Nivola. Before this, known for Face Off, we've done once in the past. He was Al uh, Pollux Troy. Yeah. Which I did. It took me a second. I'm like, I know that fucking face. I knew he looked familiar, but I yeah. kept thinking, maybe it's just that he looks kind of like Christian Bale. I hate it when you call me bro. But I mean, and he looked so much different in face off. He had glasses. His voice was right? different. Yeah, yeah. He had the glasses and he was kind of supposed to be a nerd. Yeah. But once, so I had to look him up. And once I did, I was like, okay, face off. Gas! That's where I would remember him from. Yep. Pollux sounds like a disease. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, also known for American Hustle, A Most Violent Year, Selma, The Wizard of uh, Wizard of Lies. He played Bernie Madoff's son, I believe the one who killed himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and remember giving him shout-outs. After this, he's going to be in a couple, uh, few films called Spin Me Around, White Noise, and The Brutalist. So, don't know All about right. any of those. The Brutalist sounds like a show on TNT. It does. You know? I think there's a lot of those on, the t on TNT. Yeah. The Closer. The Specialist. Yeah. The Shield. Yeah. Well, that was FX. All right, Leslie Odom Jr. is a uh, funny story related uh, to Lamar Odom. No, he's not. Nah, you're right, he's not. I made that up. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, but if you would have kept going with it, you could have convinced me. Yeah, no, I was like, I yeah. Lamar. Leslie's the dad, Lamar's the oldest son, but they, they figured they'd name... Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's Lamar's yeah. older brother, because Lamar's dad's name is Leslie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, people are going to start thinking we're not lying. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, before this, Leslie Odom Jr. is known for Grey's Anatomy. Red Tails, One Night in Miami, and Hamilton. After this, he's going to be in the Knives Out sequel with Daniel Craig. Ooh. Oh. 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 And then uh, he's going to be in, I want to say it's a remake or a reboot, perhaps, of The Exorcist. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, um, Never seen the original Exorcist. Linda Blair, man. Yeah. I mean, that means nothing to me. <laughs> Is that the girl on the bed? No. Um. I believe Linda Blair plays the mother. Okay. I, I think that's true. And who's Selma Blair? She's an actress. Selma Blair, yes, is an actress who I had a crush on in my uh, preteen to uh, early teen years. She was in the movie Cruel Intentions. Okay. She, okay. Um, she's been in a lot of stuff. Okay. She's uh, a Hellboy. Um, oh, yeah. I never saw that. Yeah. She, she's I good. know the name Selma Blair. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Networks. Two chains. Alessandro Nivola. Man, should have listened to Face Off on my way down here. Huh? Yeah, no, I guess so. Uh, I'm going to guess $5 million. 
uh, three million. Three mil. All Le- right. Good Leslie. For you. Les- Leslie's Odom Jr. Five million dollars. Ten million. Ten million dollars. Good I for you. Don't. I, and this is not to uh, mean any disrespect towards Leslie. I was a little surprised by that. I would have taken the under. That Hamilton money, man. Hamilton yeah. was a big fucking deal. That's right. Ham, Hammy, Hammy was a big deal. I don't know how much Broadway people get paid, but he probably won a Tony or two. Yeah, I don't you either. Know? I don't. I think because mo- I think the only time you command a massive salary on Broadway is when you're already established like a movie star that's yeah. coming to do Broadway. Right, that's what I would think. Yeah. But well, maybe, maybe that's him though because he was in he's been in Red Tails and Grey's Anatomy and that one night in Miami. Yeah. And this I mean it Hamilton became the smash fucking hit. I still haven't watched it yet. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. I it's kind of I'm kind of at the point where everyone's built it up so much. I was like I don't think I'm going to see it. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I about think it I, too. I think I've missed it like I've missed the moment. Yeah. And I'm I'm good. People really like it, but it's like four hours long and shit, you know? I, I don't like, people think I'm crazy. I don't like, I don't like plays. I don't like musicals. I don't like plays. You were, you were like to be in, in them, but now you don't have to watch them. Yeah, I know. Right. That's the thing. When I was in them in high school, it was fine because yeah. I was, I was part of the show. When I'm sitting through them, I'm like, oh my fuck, please. This is, does it need to be four hours? Yeah. Four Yeah. We I don't, don't need intermission. If there has to be an intermission, it's too long. I don't mind plays slash musicals as much as I found out I hated the ballet. <sighs> like when I we went on a field trip to see the Nutcracker one. Bro, I and fell that was asleep. The worst. I fell fucking asleep. I remember when I went to London in high school and we saw some theater on London. We saw Sweeney Todd, and it was a cool kind of gimmick version That'd be of cool. it. Yeah, I was like, cool, great. And the thing is, so there was no orchestra. Uh, the actors, while they sang, played instruments, so they were as the orchestra as well as the actors. Okay, that's weird. It was it was fascinating, <laughs> but I was jet lagged, and it was I felt I've missed half of it. Oh yeah, Patty Lapone was in it, dude. I don't know who that is. I didn't know who it was either. She's apparently a very famous Broadway. Patty Lapone sounds like a sweet port name. Yeah, it's pretty good. You're always trying to find those. Oh, uh, hold on, Patty Lapound. Patty Laponed. Pat- <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. Poundy Lapone. Did I get anyway. rid of the step, bro? I gotta look. Oh, no, we got to step there. What are you doing, step bro? All right. All anyway, right. Moving on. Specs and deets. Yes, indeed. Runtime. Two hours. Um, I think that this movie for the first hour and a half moved a lot for hour and 15 minutes. I thought upon the second viewing, I was like, damn, this is moving a lot, a lot faster than I remember it. Yeah, I don't. But then it, it just, they, I don't give a shit after a while. They didn't need young Tony, young, young Tony. They should yeah. have started it, like, well, I guess they cut, but the young Tony moving on to teenage Tony shows that he's, that uh, Dickie's been in Tony's life for that long, which, and it's a big deal because in the series, Dickie Moltisanti's a hero to Tony Soprano. Right. So yeah. uh, maybe it was important. It was, I, I don't hate it. It was fine. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, the only problem I had with it was I just would have liked to have seen more Michael Gandolfini. Because he did a great job. I agree. Uh, Michael Gandolfini was, especially his uh, debut role. I understand yeah. he's playing some Hulu show, right? Oh, I don't know. My mom said he was on some Hulu show uh, before this. No, like currently with some. Uh, she, I don't know if he actually is, but no, no. Uh, what's that show with Nicole Kidman? It's like uh, oh, nine yeah, yeah, people yeah. or something. Uh, it's Nine Perfect Strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe he's on that. He may or may not be. Uh, Audience, you can look that up and thank my mom if he is. And if he's not, send her an email. Gina. Anyway. Thanks, Gina. So, yeah. Uh, I would I would have liked to have seen more than him. 
The little kid, though, he did a fine job. I mean, I didn't hate the little fat Tony. No, he did. He, I, he actually was good. He's kind of a cute kid. Yeah, yeah. he was. And he, he, he did a good job. He did a good job when uh, Dickie's like, I didn't know they had Jews back in the Middle Ages. He's like, well, the Bible. Like, that yeah. was a funny line delivery. Where's your father? He was going to take me to the fair, but then I broke wind while he was eating lunch, so he said I couldn't go. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I, I thought that no, was he good goes, shit. But I passed gas while he was eating lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that, too. That's like, what that. a weird thing to say. <laughs> and that scene is a recreation from the show. It's That's a, a scene in season one. Well, at least um, him following Janice to the fair with the, his dad or whatever, and then them getting arrested. The guy getting shot, but that part is not in the show. Yeah, and that was funny. Young Janice was pretty good too. It, I was amazed how much they look. They made that actress look like young Janice. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I fucking hate Janice so much. Janice is. I don't know. He, who do you hate more, Janice or Livia? Uh so there's three that I hate, and I I would say I hate Janice more than Livia, uh, just because you get more of Janice. You know, Livia. You want to be ashamed of yourself. And Livia is at least a good bad character you yeah. know um janice, janice is just, just frustrating sucks. Yeah, she sucks the yeah and then the third one i fucking hate aj like i hate aj so much i re i like it i especially hate him towards the end of the final season when he becomes that kind of like self-righteous liberal fucking like yeah it's just like oh get out of here because he, he just he just regurgitates whatever some pretty girl tells him well because he gets with blanca and, yeah and uh yeah he just has no substance he has none of his own beliefs yeah, and he's worthless through the entire fucking series. And he actually yeah. fucks Tony over a couple times. A bunch of times. Yeah. So, whatever. And that series. I don't like that talk. <laughs> you got all of Livia, huh? Yeah. I, she's I, The thing is, I love to hate Livia. Yeah. I just hate Janice. <laughs> yeah. I was watching an episode last night uh, after Bobby Bacaliari's wife dies, yeah. and Janice is trying to swoop in, and she, like, she gets on AOL Instant Messenger and, like, sends Bobby's kids... She she makes his screen name called Vlad six 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 and starts sending them messages to, to where like they go find a Ouija board. It scares the shit yeah, out of them. She's got borderline personality yeah. disorder. She's very mentally ill. And then she keeps trying to make Bobby eat his dead wife's last ziti. And so there's a gross. couple scenes where she like picks it up and I don't know. It's like he's got it in the freezer. But her face, you're just like you're such a bitch, Janice. Oh, I know. I just hate you so oh, much. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Jan Janice doesn't have... Well, she probably has BPD, but Livia definitely has BPD. Borderline personality disorder. Oh, yeah. Well, she, all the Sopranos, they're, they're fucked. Uh, Tony is is depressed and probably a sociopath. I don't think he's borderline. Yeah. I say true. that like I'm fucking an educated psychologist. I have no idea. Yeah, well, if the therapy sessions, if I knew what they were talking about, you know. What the fuck are you going to do? There you go. That's a good way to segue. All right, budget. $50 million. Opened at four point six million. Again, it, it was released streaming same day. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, who knows? It says streaming notwithstanding, it's grossed seven million thus far. Okay. I I imagine it's made money. Yeah. All right. Plot keywords. Number one, gangster. Number two, mistress. Yeah. Number Fair. three, younger version of character. Yeah. That adds up. Number four, race riot. Yeah. And number five, that was okay. So we'll get into it. But it was, I think. Because this took place in the 60s during the civil rights era, they it's like they just made the racial tension a character of its own, but it never really came to fruition as anything that drove the plot. Right. It, it was it, just something that was going on. It felt pretty unnecessary. And I, I do have kind of some notes on that, but I'll just say it now. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, I think that was part of 
the the original show got criticized for the way it handled race and shit like that. So I feel like they kind of wanted to yeah. throw in some racial elements. I don't I don't know. Try to uh, make up for just try to make right what they didn't do correctly. I guess first so. time around. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, the first half of the movie, it seems like that that's going to be a big part of it, and then they just completely do away. Nothing ever it. happens. Yeah, it's I just mean, like it's oh. Just, yeah, it was happening. You know, we yeah. did. Dickie gets hit with a brick. Yep. Well, okay. You know what? It was important to one key part of the plot. When Dickie kills Hollywood Dick. Yeah. And he gets the his whole him burning him in his own whatever. What was that, by the way? What kind like of business was that? Shop or okay, a tire shit. shop. Yeah, when yeah. his tire shop burns down with him inside, like, oh, it was the race riot. Yeah, that is true. All you right, got to well. blame it on that. All right. Um, and then the last one was American Mafia. Yeah. All yeah, right. All right. Taglines. Those, those all check out. Two taglines. Uh, one's good. The other one's fine. The first one is a Soprano story. Sure. Yeah. Second one. Who made Tony Soprano? But it's just a statement, not a question. I like it because oh, it okay. kind of implies both like who made him and who made him. So it's like so that that tagline tells me it gives you that that means it's about Dickie. Yeah. Yeah, and they did do kind of the switcheroo. Uh, a lot of criticism I've seen about this movie so far, just like talking with people about it, was, oh, I thought it was going to be a movie about Tony the whole time. Yep, and I uh, thought that as well. Yeah, and for the most part, I thought we were going to get more Tony for sure, but I knew on some level that it was going to be a lot about Dickie, but I don't know. It was definitely Dickie was the main character. For sure. He was the main character. Would you call him a protagonist? I guess you would. Uh, yeah, anti-hero. Anti-hero. Yeah, guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is how Tony is, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. I'll get into yeah. how The Sopranos definitely paved the way for the golden age of television and the anti-hero. Yeah. He was the first one. Yeah. There would not there would be no Walter White without Tony Soprano. Yeah. No, uh, uh, fuck. What's his name? Don Draper. Yeah, no Don Draper. Okay, hot take, side take. I don't get that show. I fucking love Mad Everybody Man. loves that show. I, I I've Mad tried Man. to start it. I'm not kidding you. Four different times. I've tried like, all right, I'm going to get it this time. You don't like period pieces. My God, though. dude. I get I get it. I, I get two and a half episodes and I'm like, this is not fucking good. This is boring. Oh, it's real good. This is boring. Yeah. You just need to have some class. And like the huge climax is he comes up with a Coke and a smile. Holy shit. We waited seven seasons for that. I was pretty disappointed with that. Holy with that being shit, a, man. That commercial meant nothing to me, really. My parents, I was watching the finale with them, and they were like, oh, fuck. He can't. I was like, this means nothing to me. It's like, oh, he he was in the war. He stole his man's identity. I, I'm sure that'll be rewatched at some point. I I don't know. I'm rewatching The Sopranos for the fifth fucking time now, so I really need to get a life. No, The Sopranos is good. Yeah. That's a good show. I rewatched Lost and Breaking Bad last year during the pandemic. Lost, another show I don't like. Eh. People love it. I'm like, I don't like it. Eh. I like J.J. Abrams. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's a hell of a rewatch. Though. The Sopranos is only like 86 episodes, I think. It's so weird that you know that because I, I saw it today on IMDb. It is absolutely 86 episodes. I mean, yeah. And then, Maybe you have rewatched it too much. I'm telling you, I fucking. Anyway, and then Lost is like 140 or some shit like that. And they're all 44 and that, minutes And, and nothing's long. ever answered. Yeah. Nothing is ever answered. Uh, they're, they, you know, they were all on the island. But, uh, I mean, J.J. just kept teasing. Never, no payoffs. Yeah. Well, I heard something that they, the writers of that show wanted to end it after like three seasons. I would have liked that so much more. But ABC were like, no, you're making way too much money for us and you're contractually obligated to make six seasons of this show. So they, they kind of ran out of shit. 
and started just making up random shit because they didn't know what they were going to do. So, okay, basically what you're telling me is ABC executives fucked over ABC the integrity a- of Lost. May JJ yeah. keep misleading you. It so, was okay. him, Damon Lindelof, Carlton Cuse. The, uh, those two names are real? Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse? Yeah. And those, those two sound dudes, made up. Those two dudes ended up doing The Leftovers on HBO. Didn't with, like that show either. With Justin Theroux. Yeah. Ah, I, Justin Theroux is such a handsome human being. And I really liked his new show on Apple TV a lot. Oh, I never finished that. It was It's good. Yeah. Uh, the Leftovers I couldn't get into, though. I watched the first two seasons, really liked it, and then they came out with the third season, and for whatever reason, I just never watched it. You forget he is the crazy Irish punk from Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, or is it the, no, it's the first one, Charlie's Angels, the movie. It, it's Drew Barrymore's old boyfriend. That must be the second one. There's one. Well, Tom Green's in the first one. Yeah, no, no, it's her former boyfriend from the past. Yeah, I don't know. Now, nah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to do? Exactly. Oh! Oh! All right. Now it's time to move on to the, the Canopsis. IM, IMDb Anopsis. The IMDb Anopsis. Yeah. Please give us your IMDb. Who's who's the uh, the contributor this week? Uh, it doesn't say. Hold on. Let me let me see what I can do here. When you're married, you'll understand the importance of fresh produce. I can't find. Uh, uh, I can confirm. I can confirm that that's not true. I was married, and I did not understand the importance of fresh produce. Uh, here we go. Young Anthony Soprano is growing up in one of the most tumultuous eras in Newark's history, becoming a man. <laughs> <laughs> Just as rival gangsters begin to rise up and challenge the all-powerful. Powerful DeMeo crime families hold over the increasingly race race torn city. I can't read with these sunglasses on. <laughs> it was a long run on sentence. Anyway, caught up in the changing times is the uncle he idolizes, Dickie Moltisanti, who struggles to manage both his professional and personal responsibilities and whose influence over his nephew will help make him the impressionable teenager. Uh, whatever, dude. Fuck. It's too many runs on. It's a movie about Dickie Moltisanti. He goes, he kills his dad. He ends up banging his dad's Italian wife. He tells his fucking, uh, you know, he tells his nephew, hey, don't be, you know, a fucking wise guy like me. But then Uncle Junior's there. He falls down the stairs, breaks his back. Dickie laughs at Uncle June. Uncle June ends up putting the head out on Dickie Moltisanti. Moral of the story Spoiler is... Spoiler alert! Don't laugh at people for falling down the fucking stairs because you never know... When you get two in the back of the head. Ah, uh, make sure you're not watching the TV at a funeral either. Have some fucking respect. That was weird. It was totally <laughs> I mean, weird. When Joey Coco Diaz brings in the TV to a funeral. Well, Polly pays him in the TV. Hey, uh, here's the tree C's I owe you. It's like, oh, it's, what? It's a Panasonic. It's, a, it's an RCA. Oh, that's right. It's an RCA. So then they put it on, and even the, the guy at the funeral home's like, you can't watch TV. And then the stupid fucking Sylvia goes, Pastor, it's the news. And it's it's the like, nose. It's that nose. <laughs> I'm a god. Silvio's so bad. Yeah, I was. I was happy when Dickie came in and kicked the shit out of that TV. It's. It is funny how they pay each. Like they pay back each other. Each other's debts to them with, with like audio equipment and yeah. like t- audio visual equipment. Like Tony's like, hey, it's hot, right? When he gets the 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 the, the RC, is those RCA? No, no, no. Those are JBL. He gets the JBL yeah. speakers from Dickie. He goes, yeah, they're hot, right? <laughs> yeah, and. 
Michael Gandolfini, seeing interviews with him, he, just like his dad, doesn't talk anything like Tony Soprano. Yeah. He talks nothing like that in real life. No, I know. It's amazing when I go back and rewatch The Sopranos now because I've seen Gandolfini a ton of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, that is that is an incredible voice. Oh, yeah. That's not his, re- it's not even close to his regular voice. And he's doing like the heavy breathing the whole time yeah, and shit. Yeah, he sounds like he's, uh, has some, he might, he might have COPD of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he, like you can tell he's so fat that he's having a hard time breathing through his neck. Yeah. He's got all the gabagool. Yeah, it's the gabagool. Yeah. Woke up this morning. Got some gabagool. <laughs> That's good. I've never heard that. That's I don't know where I saw that, but I remember seeing them laughing really hard. It's just the whole song. They keep saying, woke up this morning, got some gabagool. <laughs> there's also a really fun super cut of the entire series where Tony says the word gabagool. It's the best. <laughs> Every time he says it. Yeah, because he's the gabagool. <laughs> Which, if anyone out there who doesn't know, a gabagool is Italian slang for capicola. It's a, it's a deli meat. And it's also yeah. what makes their neck look like inflated, like they like they look like they don't have one. It's just Capicola is good. It's delicious. Yeah, it's it's horrible for you. Is it really? Yeah, it's bad. It's very fatty. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. It looks like it's probably not the best part of the. Uh, it's uh, yeah, animal it's, it's, it's fatty eating. pork. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just sliced very thin. Yeah. It's a gabagool. It's a gabagool. Oh right. So we're moving on to. The Real Buzz Rundown, which we've kind of kind of been intermittently already doing, but yeah. it's fine. It's open format. Portion of the podcast where we give our takes on the movie, talk about what we liked, what we disliked. Keenan specifically said today that you have a two-pronged system where you wrote, two, yeah. the, okay, you wrote down what you liked and what you disliked. So I want to start with you. And uh, do, what, do you want to start off with telling me what you enjoyed about it, or do you want to start telling me what you didn't enjoy about it? Well, in, in the order, I the goods are on the top. Okay. So I guess I'll All go right, let's with start with that. the good. Let's start with the good. So here's some things I liked about this movie. Uh, we already said it, but Vera, uh, how are you saying him? Farmesia? I think it's pronounced Farmesia. Farmesia as Livia. Yeah. Uh, thought she did great. Been in love with her ever since uh, The Departed. The Departed. Oh, Had dude, that's one we got to, by the way, that's one we got to do on the pod. Oh, yeah, we should. I think it's on Netflix or HBO. It's it on one on, of them. It's on Netflix. I don't know why I'm talking with my hands so much today, but I'm doing it a lot. So October, you know, it's... Uh, Hold on, let me let me take a break. This fucking coffee is, I am I am wired right now. What the fuck is in? Did you get? Is it espresso? Is that just? Is that it's a whole the, it's fucking the, can of espresso? No, it's the nitro cold brew. But I had him throw a shot of espresso in there too. Oh my god, dude, that's liquid cocaine. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to sleep tonight. That was a bad idea. But anyway, um, October, you know, Halloween month or whatever. But yeah. we could just do, make it gangster month. Fuck it. No, we're gonna do one. We're gonna do one scary movie. Okay. For Halloween, because we'll last year we did all like four weeks of Halloween movies. This week, we're, yeah. this year we're gonna do one, and I definitely want to do the Departed. Okay. Well, anyway, stay tuned for the Departed the at de- some point. The, de- the Departed. We can talk. Who does the best Boston accent there? Uh, spoiler alert. It's Matt Damon. Yeah, that's what I was hoping you were gonna say. Yep. Alec Baldwin, though, I like when he's doing it. Too. Uh, Mark it's not Wahlberg. Very good. Wahlberg but, goes off the rails. Yeah. It's just, I, but in the best way possible. How's your mother doing? Good. She's tired from fucking my father. She's tired from fucking my father. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Anyway, um, so another thing that I liked. Um, oh, seeing Satrials. Uh, yes. As the location. Love seeing that. You know, cool uh, that they're all still in the back room hanging out. Did you notice? I don't know if you noticed this or not. I did, and I was surprised I did. The ending scene where Tony's on the phone, and he's trying to get a, a case of Rolling Rock. 
and uh, he's outside the ice cream parlor. Uh, Halston's. Yeah, Halston's. Yeah. That, that the final scene takes place in, in the in season finale, series so finale. That's also where Tony and Artie Bucco are getting off the bus. They they walk into yes. the Halston. Yes. Um, which I hadn't noticed the first time I watched it, but I was talking to my boss. She's a big Sopranos fan, too. Yeah, so. poor Artie Bucco. Uh, we were talking about it and she was like, yeah, and Halston's was in there too. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. I forgot all about that even being Mm -hmm. a place. Um, so that was cool. Yeah. Poor Artie Bucco, but he's, he's funny. If you go back and watch the series, like there's episodes where he tries to be a tough guy and it's just, it's just, it doesn't work at all. It just doesn't work at all. He's, he's the least intimidating person you'll ever meet. Yeah. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. He's yeah. But he's like best friends from childhood with Tony Soprano. So I, another thing in my good list was seeing, and they don't specifically say it's Artie Bucco. They just say Artie. They say, uh, I don't even know they say Artie, but he's they like. They do. That's why I was, I was pretty sure it was Artie Bucco. Yeah. But I wasn't 100%. But he says, my fucking dad's going to fucking make me work at fucking Vesuvio. Oh, you know whatever. what? I think th- you're right. They may have not said Artie. He may have just talked about working in the restaurant. I guess that's Artie. It's got to be Artie. He talks about his dad yeah. in Vesuvio or whatever. So it's like, yeah, that's got to be Artie. And they're smoking cigarettes. Uh, I thought that was cool. I don't know. Seeing the young fat Tony doing that. Um, I also liked when Harold and I'll get more into him and the parts that I don't like, which I liked him overall as a character. Yeah, he was a good character. And when he blasts overall when in the uh, army recruiting office. Oh, my God. That's like the first instance of extreme violence in this movie. It's been pretty laid back. It's only like 15, 20 minutes into it. And it's not, it's not like justified violence. It's violence for violence sake. Right. And so you're just like, this guy's a fucking psycho. Well, and Dickie had just... Right before this, Dickie's like, you you talk to this guy and he's not paying you money? Aren't you, doesn't that embarrass hey, you? You just said that. You're not embarrassed? Doesn't that embarrass you? Aren't you, you? embarrassed by Which saying shout that? Shout out to Alessandro Novola, too. I, I liked yeah, him as Dickie. Yeah, he was good. Uh, he was always kind of, you didn't know if he was on the edge or going to freak out or not. But anyway, I'll get to him. Um, definitely, a, definitely had an anger issue. You see overall, though, run into the- Hell of a temper. Yeah. Uh, you see overall run into the recruiting office and it seems like he's going to get away and then he just gets fucking blasted and then the guy goes, this war wasn't my idea or whatever. <laughs> and that, so it's an extreme violence followed by something that made me laugh. So that part of the movie, the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, this has the Sopranos, like, I don't know, the the vibe of the violence and the humor. I, I'm getting it all. Yeah, ex- extreme violence almost done in a way that is that is comedic like right. because it's so insane yeah um over the top and then he goes back and later he's talking to his wife he's like army's not gonna take me now like okay which i didn't catch him saying that until the second time that i watched it but um already kind of talked about the recreation of tony's the scene where uh uncle june and his dad get arrested and the guy gets shot in the back yeah um, when tony's a kid but then shout out to little tony too when he's talking to uncle dickie and he's like Saw the guy get shot in the back. I I hope that doesn't happen to me or something. And that's, I think, definitely a call back or, you know, a shout out to the show where Tony, I think, does get shot in the back at the end of that series, ultimately. And then they did this a couple of times. and It was almost too on the nose at this this time when uh, young Christopher, baby Christopher's getting passed around and he goes to Tony and he just starts crying. And That's on my bad list. Yeah, it's, it's, and then the, the yeah. old lady's like, you know, babies, they know stuff from the other side. That was way too and on I the was nose. Just, okay, guys, we get it. We yeah. know we know Tony murders Christopher, which which he doesn't plan. He just kind of does it yeah. randomly. We're like, yeah, I'm never going to pass a drug test town. Yeah. He's fucking like just puts his hand over his face and like, let's, you know what? You, this is too much. We, we got to get rid of you. 
Yeah, and the thing is, is like I, I don't, I wish they wouldn't have made the baby cry at all. But if you're gonna put that in there, you've you've got the baby crying. Just do that because then they also have Michael Gandolfini go. It happens every time. Why does this happen every time? Why does this happen every time? And then the <laughs> wife goes, "This happens every time you try to hold him." And then somebody else is like, "Hey, doesn't that happen every time?" And like, then clearly, okay, it happened. The baby doesn't like Tony. We get it. And then you've got the old lady. And you got this old bitch like, you know, babies know things from the other side. It's and like, no, and then it's just the next scene. Everyone like kind of looks around, and then it just goes to the next. It's scene. like, oh, you. It's Instead like, of being like, shut up, you old bitch. No, it's like when your crazy senile grandmother says something racist at, at like uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and you just laugh and move on because yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. But they don't even laugh and move on. They all like take it seriously. It's like a melancholy moment. It's like. Well, I guess Tony's going to kill Christopher then, huh? It, it, like, this is old gypsy at the table. Yeah. Like, just in, in case you weren't noticing that we were kind of bringing attention to the fact that it's, it, it's funny because this character ends up murdering this character yeah. later in the show. Like, and remember, we told you at the beginning of the movie that that's going to happen, too. So It's literally one of the first things Christopher says as a narrator. And that that gets to my bad list. Let me finish my good hey, sorry, list I'm Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Because... Unfortunately, we're almost done with the good list. I've said a lot of it, though. Artie and Tony, the young ones. Uh, Michael like Gandolfini. It was good to see Carmella at the end. You a young Carmella. Carmella. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's cool. Pretty much any of the characters that you see besides Silvio, I thought were pretty cool. And the and I think Silvio. I'm glad we saw Sil. No, I know. I just wish you, it wasn't that. I would have been. I would have preferred to have this performance as opposed to not have Sil in the movie. Right. Because, and I think the reason why I'm so critical of the Silvio. Uh, performance because he was my favorite character in the show i fucking yeah. love sill he was it, so good he was so good he was uh, fucking uh what steven van, steven van zamp dude yeah fucking quit, with, uh, stop playing with the boss the boss bruce springsteen yeah yeah it, it, so th and it, that was so fun story this might be in trivia i can't remember don't care i'm gonna tell you anyway all right uh steven van zamp was originally cast to be tony soprano Oh, really? Yes. He was originally cast as Tony Soprano, and then David Chase brought it to the execs at HBO, and they're like, fucking no way. We're not going <laughs> to... He's a first-time actor. We're not going to make him the focal point of the entire show. we got to bring in an actual actor. So they're like, all right. You, so Van Zandt was like, so they made me Silvio, and I, I, the best decision ever. First of all, he probably would have been a fine Tony Soprano, yeah. but Gandolfini is just incredible. And, yeah. And Sil is my favorite fucking character. I love Silvio. Yeah. Uh, he made that character iconic. So it, probably out of all the side characters that get brought back, he and Polly are the, the two that are going to be the toughest to nail because Pussy you only get for two seasons or whatever. Yeah. Junior. And Pussy, you just, you just... I guess Junior's up there too. Pussy but, had two lines in this movie, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And I really didn't think the guy did a great job no. <laughs> delivering them. I'm, sur and I'm surprised they didn't have some sort of uh, a scenario set up with like, what, uh, like, I don't know, Tony starts crying in front of him because he's going to have fucking have to kill him at one point when he becomes a rat. <laughs> no shit. They, they really they put it on the nose. But based on the logic of this movie, that should have happened. I don't like that fucking baby. <laughs> hey, puss. Or here's what should happen. It should have been Tony goes, hey, puss. You know, there's nothing worse than being a rat, right? <laughs> being a rat's the worst thing you can ever be. And then puss is like, yeah, of course. I'm never going to be a rat. And then that ends. Yeah. Yeah, might as well throw that fucking line in there. Yeah, too. it's just like it was so on the nose. And then have Polly walk by and go, I fucking kill a rat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ah, uh, yeah. I fucking kill rats for breakfast. <laughs> anyway, so um, Michael Gandolfini, I put I like that. I like Frank Lucas being in this movie. Yeah. 
I thought that was cool. No, no, I, I, I like that too. That was a really, that was a really cool. And I, if you weren't paying attention, it kind of goes unnoticed, right? And it, it's one of those things. I was like, hold on, Frank, look at that's American Gangster, right? Uh-huh. So I did look it up. And yeah, it, real guy. Yeah, real, real guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, thought it was interesting though because so much of American Gangster is about how he didn't want to wear flashy clothes, and then the one time that he does, yeah, he looks he gets like, caught, right? And this guy walks in wearing the flashy stuff so i don't know yeah, what the deal he gets is. on the fbi's radar because yeah. he wears that mink coat that his wife gets yeah. him and the hat and yeah and to be fair Denz and i think this is intentional it it doesn't look like it belongs on denzel at all you're no, like yeah. he, he's not pulling this off but it so i rewatched this movie for the second time last night and whenever they first bring up frank lucas because they mention him and then you see him later on but i was like fuck i should watch american gangster it's a great right? movie it's been Probably five, six years since I've seen it. It's time. Under Underrated Josh Brolin villain role. Oh, yeah. Very good. And Russell Crowe fucking kills it in that movie, Yeah, he does. Too. Russell Crowe, he's an unstable human being. Like, I think he literally was just playing himself yeah. in that angry driving movie he did. See, I still need to see that. Oh, my God. It was... I, I was like, I think this is just Russell... A day in the life of Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think he's acting. Yeah. Uh, I can't That's why I want to see it. If, no, if you it's watch it, unhinged, unhinged. If you yeah. watch it with that perspective, it's awesome. It's hilarious. I mean, the first time I saw the previews for that movie, I go, "What the fuck? They're making a movie with some Karen and her kid, and Russell Crowe's just coming after him." Yeah, the whole point of the movie is he's driving, and she cuts him off and doesn't apologize. He then. Does the most ridiculous shit to her that's uh, like he it becomes unhinged. And you know what? When watching it, you're just like, this is a little too easy. This comes a little too easy to yeah. Russell Crowe. He fucking threw a telephone, a landline at a hotel worker. He's insane. Making movies, making songs and, and fighting around the world. Boy, Tucker. Oh, man. I love Russell Crowe. We should do that one on the podcast. I do want to watch that movie sometime. Oh, unhinged? unhinged? It's actually a decent idea. Yeah, we might as well. Yeah. Um, okay, I've just got a couple more good things. Um, oh, okay, I guess this is just more little Easter eggs or shout-outs. Whenever uh, young Tony steals the ice cream truck. Yeah, and he says, the Mr. Softy. The Mr. Softy, he says, Jackie, hold him down. Um, that's yeah. probably Jackie Jack- Dupriel. It is Jackie yeah. Dupriel. And then I don't know if the other kid there... Because they end up saying, his cousin Tony Blandetto said all about it, who was Steve Buscemi's character yeah. in that one season. So I'm just going to say that the other kid was Tony Blandetto, too. So I don't know. You if forget it was how not. many amazing guest stars for seasons were on The Sopranos, too. <laughs> yeah. Buscemi, uh, there was the guy who played um, uh, Turncoat from The Matrix. Oh, yeah, Joe Pantoliano yes, or whatever. He's yes. Ralph Cifaretto. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic in that show. He's so good. Yeah. Um, and then, okay. So the last good thing, oh, the two last good things, uh, they talk about, uh, I think it's Janice or Tony. Somebody talks about when their dad shoots their mom's beehive hair. That was in the insane. Show, yeah. And then you see it in the movie. Yeah. That, that and, was a really cool callback because yeah. I think had, obviously if that just happened and they hadn't been mentioned in the show, it would have been like, that's, it's a weird moment. Right. You're like, fuck, that's messed up. But because they talk about it in the show, it's still a fucked up thing to do. Of course. But it's, but it's because a cool you know who Olivia yeah. is and all that shit. You're like, okay. Dude, if I was Johnny, I would have aimed lower. Yeah. I'm surprised it took him that long. Yeah. Um, and then the last good thing that I have, uh, I really did think the shootout when Joey Diaz gets his head blasted off and then Harold, the, their car gets wrecked and then the VW lights on fire and he's just 
when he jumps out of the car and he's just blasting at him with the shotgun, it's like, holy fuck. Yeah. Um, that shit was intense, and I thought that was a good gunfight. It was. Unfortunately, well staged. That ended up being the climax of the fucking Harold versus Dickie. You still have 30 minutes in the movie left at that point. Yeah. And I guess that's the resolution of their fight. Because after it's the closest Harold, thing you get. Yeah. Because Harold still goes and sees Frank Lucas after that. And that's when he's like, I got to get this motherfucking dick. <laughs> so anyway, you see, uh, that's when he goes to meet Frank Lucas after the shootout. And he's like, I'm going to go after Dickie. And then he never does. Then Dickie ends up shooting, uh, like, finding out that Harold banged Jessapina, kills Jessapina, and that's, like, the end. I, I Yeah. Well, so now we're to my bad list. Okay. Um, God, Giuseppina. Giuseppina. It's, yeah. It's she was very attractive. My God, she was gorgeous. That should be on my good list. No, she that's definitely. Oh, great. Yeah, I was a big fan. But Ray Liotta throwing her down the stairs for leaving her douchebag. In, hanging I, in the shower. I have, I have problems with this too. The douchebag. Uh, that's the best you could come up with. Yeah, writers. Well, okay, but they were trying to show that he gets pissed about trivial, stupid shit that he so, shouldn't get upset still. about. Uh, Hollywood Dick Moltisanti is, is a disgusting human being. If on all fronts, all yes. accounts, uh, he's literally disgusting. His personality is disgusting. He looks disgusting. He's a, he's a bad person. He lo- really. Ray Liotta's got to quit it with the fucking uh, injections in the face with the Botox. Yeah, his his face looks like it's a, like fucking a, a, a drum that stretched too tight. Yeah, like when when he laughs. But then that's been rolled over by like a fucking cheese grater, like that thing you roll over to make holes in pizza dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, he looks like a the keeper of the crypt. He does when he's telling that story to all of us, and he just starts laughing, and it, like when he smiles. It, he looks insane. Like his face looks like it's going to literally tear and fall off. Yeah. It's too tight. And I love Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta's great. You know, historically, been in some great films. Chantix changed his life. Yeah. Quit smoking, finally, after all these years. Good for him. But, yeah, I don't know. His, the Hollywood dick, terrible character. Well, we also got to talk about the, dis- the, uh, the disgusting moaning that he does. Oh, yeah, the uh, bad, uh, yeah, Ray uh, Liotta's... Noises. Oh, oh, oh! It's it's like even if that's how you most enjoy sex, you have to understand that your partner's going to be put off by that, and just don't don't make any noise at all. Yeah, like it's not about you're being a selfish lover by sounding that fucking weird. Well, and I think maybe he was doing it to fuck with Dicky, maybe because he knew that Dicky was right there. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Well, that's just me trying to give it. It's probably not. No, it's probably it, just him. I, no, I like that. I like that idea, Keenan. It seems so blatant. And he's just like, it seems like he's just trying to be like, I'm fucking this really yeah. hot young girl. Oh! You hear that, Dick? Because oh! yeah. later on he says, I give you permission to think about her when you're jerking off. Yeah, because he literally says, you've been wanting to get in her pants since I brought her off the boat. Yeah. I've been hearing you listening to me when I've been making my sex noises. Well, the thing is, but he's not. He's if if that's his intention, it's clearly working because he's just looking at the ceiling like, I wish that that fucking disgusting guy is is just desecrating this beautiful angel. Yeah, (laughs) but I wish they would have made. I guess they they do build it up a little bit with her kissing him prior to Dickie killing Ray Liotta, but I, I it just wasn't believable to me that he snapped like he did. But like six hours after she told him about it, 
And then he just comes to the car and he's like, hey, you used to hit my fucking mom? You're not going to fucking hit her like that because you used to hit me, you know? Hey, you know, fuck you. And then he just kills his dad. I'm, I don't not, know. I'm not a little boy anymore. Yeah, It just seemed like it was a... Like had he had he got kissed and gone right inside right away or some shit. It was in the well, more of the heat of the passion. What seems this was even six hours later. What seems even more forced is he goes from she kisses him and he's like, Whoa, oh, 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 my wife's right inside. Oh, oh, oh you're my father's wife. But then he kills his dad and then like literally cuts to the next scene. They're making out because he's buying her an apartment. Yeah. It's just like there's been no establishing relationship at yeah. all. Yeah, exactly. I guess he. I guess his dad was right. He has been looking to banger the entire time. I mean, in his dad's defense, every straight yeah. man is like, "Yeah, for sure, she's she is a gorgeous woman." Yeah, it, Harold. He wanted to get some of that, and he did. Joey Coco Diaz. He would eat her shit. He goes, "I would eat her shit," and like right right before he gets his head blown off. And it's really funny that that's Joey Coco Diaz's last line. It's also funny that Joey Coco Diaz is Cuban, but he he plays Italian perfectly. Hey, I'm Sicilian. And because uh, if you are familiar with Joey Diaz's stand up or his podcast appearances at all, that that's just I guarantee you, Joey Diaz completely ad libbed that. That was not in the script. He's like, I would eat her shit. Yeah, and, and, and I th I feel like here's the thing about Joey Diaz. I think he genuinely probably has eaten someone's shit, like and like just you know you know he's probably definitely eaten some ass. Yeah, and it probably wasn't the cleanest ass. <clears throat> yeah, he probably pays extra for that. Yeah, exactly, it's something he'd be into. Yeah, hey baby, eat this Taco Bell. You know, a couple bean burritos. Yeah, no. See, I remember there was a, he was on a podcast appearance and he was talking about his daughter. He had a kid much later in life, and. He was literally talking about, he said, yeah, well, so well, my daughter and I, and we talk about her vagina. I say, hey, are you in the shower? You make sure you clean your monkey. And I was just like, oh, my God. He's like, and then Joe Rogan's like, you you call it a, he's like, I call it a monkey. It's like, good God, dude. That's fucking savage. That's disgusting. It's, it's, it's his five-year-old daughter. What the fuck? He's a savage human being, dude. Oh, anyway, uh, moving on. I don't know where to you, go. YouTube from that. that, guys. YouTube yeah. that. It's real. It's out there. I mean, I I've heard of Joey Diaz before, but I've I've never watched his stand up. He says like that. some of the craziest shit I've ever heard. Um. Okay, well, I I don't know. He did a good job. I guess I'll put him on the. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure the director didn't like let him. He had to, he you goes know. on the meh list. Oh no, I, 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 thought was, I thought he was good. Yeah, he was good. Him. Uh, I did think it was funny when Junior's like, while well, my brother's inside the can, everything runs through me. He's like, well, you got diarrhea? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was good. Oh, well, yeah, Junior's the butt of every joke. That, yeah. I mean, which and that's why Junior goes off, and ultimately, that's the end of my bad list. I just, I think it's so petty, and I get, I guess, that Junior's character was always petty, but I just hated the way this fucking movie ended. Well, and here's the thing, and the one thing I think this prequel did do the uh, regular series justice for was more exposition in regard to junior soprano because you learn a lot more about why he is the way he is and yeah. and why he's you know basically a um a lame duck boss when he's you know in the show yeah and, and you figure out that he's never been a guy anyone really trusts to be a good leader he just is his last name soprano yeah and he's been kind of fucked with yeah but, he's, he's always been the butt of the, the joke, joke. Yeah. you know it's like ah we love you june we'll humor you kind of thing and he's also one of my favorite characters in uh the series as well oh yeah but what i liked about it was i think this story gave you insight as to one of um 
Junior's char- uh, characteristics from the first episode of the entire series. I think it was the first episode. It was when uh, Tony makes fun of him behind his back for going down on women. It's seen as like a weak oh, thing yeah. to do. It's, it's not the first episode, but yeah, I think it's, it's the in first the first season. season. First yeah. season. And I think that's because of his injury, because you see he can't, uh, he's no longer able to perform in the bedroom, which is why I think he has to go down on women because his back is so fucked up. He cannot. You think that's when he started doing it? Yeah. And, and also, what an insane thing that you think going, that going down on a girl, there's some sort of weakness there. Right. Well, that's insane. Carmella in the show, Carmella He's finds like, you go out. down on me all the time. He's like, hey, yeah. Hey, seriously, what happens in this bedroom stays in this bedroom. <laughs> Don't you tell anyone that She's shit. Like, oh, what? The one time a year? I think I could keep myself from gossiping. <laughs> that's a funny part of the show. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, she started being like, oh, listen to you. You know, you do it, too, Tony. Hey, <laughs> I, seriously. What happens hey, yeah. in this bedroom? I, I can't. Do I think it, it's just. Surprise. I think it's. I don't know if it's an Italian thing or if it's just a mafia thing. But that's part of the show. It's I think like it's you a can't, mafia. Thing. Yeah, you can't go. It's used to sign a weakness to go down on a woman. Yeah, which. I, but there's again, also an episode of Curb that's all about that too, with Crazy Ike Killer. It's like I fucking love to eat the pussy layer. He was Leon before Leon yeah, was yeah, on yeah. the show. Yeah, he was pre Leon Leon. Uh, yeah. Um, and well, I, but of course, but but Larry not going down on women kind of makes sense because he's yeah. neurotic, and that'd be something. Hurts my neck. <laughs> he, he has some sort of complex about. He ends up getting a hairball from Cheryl. He's also the most selfish human being in the world. Like yeah, that, that that's very true. Him. So yeah, of course he's not going down on women. That's very true. Um, okay, so uh, one of the things before we get too far from the beginning, I that I think that this movie. Right from the jump when I should have been like, okay, this movie doesn't know what the fuck it... If it wants to be about Dickie or if it wants to be about Tony fully. And it never really... Like, it does commit to being more about Dickie, I would say. But they still give you the little bits. And this is what I'm talking about. So, Christopher, I don't mind the narration. I thought the voiceover was pretty cool. See, I thought that was a good decision. I met my death on Route 24, not too far from here, you know? But in that beginning narration... He talks about that little fat kid. That's my uncle Tony. He's the one that kills me. And then he goes on and he's like, back in the day, my dad, you know, he was with the DeMeo crime family. There's his dad, Hollywood Dick. And then right at the end of that, he goes, after Tony killed me, he gave my wife and daughter like pocket change. But then he doesn't continue to go on. Like, no, he I did- don't know. It's like, is this going to be about Christopher talking about Tony and being calling him a piece of shit the whole time? I don't know. Which I would have been. It did fine seem like with. he it was just, digging on the character yeah. Tony just to do it. Like you see, it, random little dig. It seemed like Christopher from the grave had a vendetta, and he had like uh, he was gonna make sure that he, you know he was like. Ah, by the way, he fucked me over bad. Yeah. yeah, but then they dropped the narration until the second half of the movie when he's like, four years went by, and uh, you know, then the Rico statutes came out around the time I was born. It's like I don't know. Do you? I don't know. For the most part, I it may have not worked perfectly, but I. I really think it was a cool throwback to have Christopher oh, yeah. come I, do the narration. I'm glad he did it. I I really actually I enjoyed it. I enjoyed more of it than I didn't. Yeah. I just when I upon the second rewatch, uh that's when I was like, he he was talking shit on Tony, but then he seems like he's gonna go off on something else. And then it just seems like that line after Tony killed me, he gave my wife and daughter his pocket change. It's like good fellas well, or some shit. It, I don't know. It's just kind of a funny concept to think about because he's a specter at this point yeah. in this film and just to think that he still has disdain and he should have came in and just thrown more shit talk on tony every now and then then yeah you know? it, yeah because it, it's just look at tony's fucking long hair now doesn't he look like a <laughs> douchebag or something like that you know it, it might as well 
it just seems like why like you would think um why would he still have all of this like like malice towards it's like he's dead like yeah yeah i guess at one point he does say after that that's when tony became a pussy or something like that but i don't know i i don't know and you know what i'm gonna take an interesting stance here you know what christopher's right tony did kill him but christopher died because of christopher and nobody else yeah no tony didn't want to kill him and yeah. you know what? He was he had a bad problem with drugs and alcohol, and he was in the wrong line of work to have that problem. If anything, Tony gave him way more leeway than he would have given literally anyone else. Yeah. I, I The episode I watched last night was when they do the intervention for uh, Christopher yeah. the first time. I think it's the only intervention that they do, but he ends up going to rehab. But uh, Tony says that to him. He's like, if it was anybody else, their intervention would have been two in the back of the head. Yeah. You know, it's only because I love you. Because think about it. You're it's so much more risk to be uh, apprehended by law enforcement. And then if they have any leverage over you with the amount of information you know about the Soprano. Right. Yeah, dude, you're a huge liability. The yeah. fact that you got an intervention and not two to the head is. In, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he as pissed as he is that Tony killed him. He got he himself and Andrea killed. Yeah. Uh, Adriana. Uh, sorry. Uh, Adriana, not Andrea. Yeah. And honestly, that's the one thing. I When Silvio kills uh, Adriana, I I wish it would have been. I, I think Paulie would have been better for that, that that scene. Oh, I mean, I didn't mind that it was Sil. I think Sil was good because he's the one that, like, she would trust, you know? But it's weird because I remember watching that thinking, He's even pretending like they're still going to the hospital when they're about to pull over into the middle of nowhere. Like, Chrissy's going to be fine. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, like in the woods. She's bawling. What are you crying for? Chrissy's going to be fine. <laughs> what hospital's in the woods? Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah, then, and then, but then once you know they park, he's like, all right, get out. Yeah. You motherless cunt. Um, but fuck, Silvio, so great in the show. So bad in the movie. So bad. Yeah. Um, okay, and then I just have a few more bads here, too. Uh, Pussy, I didn't like him, but he would be a good young Luca Brazzi if they ever do a young oh, Godfather I, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? I, I could see that. Uh, he sleeps with the fishes. The the whole Jessapina Dicky thing, though, like, I don't... I just... I don't know. The I Him dating his dad's ex-wife, I guess, because she was hot and Dude, younger. she's so hot. If that was my dad's ex-wife and he died... I would 100% date her. Okay, so then he starts, you know, dating her and everything, but then he doesn't want to let her out of the house, which is what why she ends up banging Harold. But then she Also, does... there's there's no establishment between Harold and Giuseppina either. It's like they looked at each other once, and next thing you know, oh, they fucked? What the fuck happened? I Well, as she tells Dickie, he started coming by, and, you know, so I fuck him. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. But pretty much, and then... Why does she feel the need to come clean with Dickie and tell him? No, I have that same note. Like, like, why mention it? Yeah. She, bring, she brings it up. Especially on a d- isolate beach with nobody else around to hear you She's scream. Like, hey, just in case you were wondering, I fuck your friend, or but not your friend. You're, uh, you're yeah. basically your worst enemy. I fuck him. The guy that you hate so much now, I fuck him. I suck on his dick. And then I told him, like, hey, I thought it would be different. And then he like, come over, and then you t- see the douchebag in my shower. Yeah, th- that's the one thing that I think if you if women, women, all of our female listeners, listen to this. If there's one thing you learn from this movie, it's that you don't hang up your douchebag in the shower, okay? Yeah. You just don't do that. That's that's the lesson. That's the one lesson movie. you all should learn from this movie. And don't fuck our arch nemesis. Yeah, that too. 
because Dickie will kill you in the beach. And then I guess, is that the resolution of the Herald story for him? Really? Because he found out he banged his broad and then he killed the broad and then he doesn't go. Because then I think, okay, we've got 15 minutes of the movie left, so we've, we're running out of time for him to go fight with Harold, but that never happens. No, just the, well, the, the big reveal is that, you know, because I guess it was junior. One, one of the big mysteries of the show is who killed Dickie <laughs> Moltisanti. And Tony at one point wants Christopher to think it's his detective, which I, I think Tony just was manipulating Christopher to kill this person. At he this killed. Point, yeah, but I don't know. Did Tony know? I don't know. That's no, still no, not fucking I, I don't. I don't. I think so. And there was another fan theory that Tony was the one who may have killed uh, yeah, Dickie Moltisanti. I, I don't subscribe to that either. Because the way he viewed Dickie Moltisanti in this in the series was like he you could tell he he revered him he admired right. him there was real a genuine admiration there it was I mean it wasn't like oh I feel guilty I need to you know make him feel like I admired his dad he really did yeah um, but I don't think he knew who killed Dickie Moltisanti I think he told Christopher that that cop did it because he wanted that cop killed well I'm wondering if maybe Junior made Tony think that it was the cop. Mm. And so Tony might have thought it yeah, that's actually possible. was the cop. That's definitely possible. Or Tony didn't know, and he is just trying to. But, I mean, that question still isn't answered. Did Tony know who killed his dad or not? We we still don't know that. And I think that's one we never will. Yeah, well, if they. So this movie hasn't done the best, I guess. And it critically, I don't know how it's done. I guess I'll figure that out. Critically, but, it's done better than what fans have said. Yeah, fans yep. haven't liked it that much. And I hope, like, I hope we still get a second one. Yeah, um, they kind of created this prequel yeah. Sopranos universe. I'd like to see Michael Gandolfini get a chance to play Tony the whole movie. Especially as he ages. And yeah. I would like to see a prequel movie that's based on Tony Soprano's beginnings and you know, how he worked up to become a capo. Yeah, that would be fucking sweet. Yeah. See him go on his first hits and shit like that. Um, Just a couple more things. I didn't like that they made Johnny Soprano like just a racist piece of shit, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, um, no, that was wild. Not, no. I guess he is just a racist. It wasn't piece a guess. Shit, yeah, he comes in and he makes it in in front of an entire group yeah. of people. He's just like, hey, when they move in, he and freaks, why wasn't I told? He first out freaks out like he sees uh, African American family moving in and sees it's Leslie Odom Jr. He talks to uh, fucking June Jr. and he's like. Why the fuck are you going to let this happen? In the car. Then he shows up. Because I, I didn't move him in there. What do you want from me? Yeah. Then he shows up and his wife, he's like, you going to come see me all those fucking times? Not tell me the shine's on the block? It's like, what the fuck, dude? dude? And, and like, why do we need, like. Even Livia's like, look, I'm a racist and even this is out of line. Yeah, even this ain't cool. You, ju you just, here's the thing. Here's how his priorities are. He's just gotten out of prison. He's seeing his family for the first time in five years. And the first thing he has to tell them about is the fact that the black people live on the block. Now. Yeah. It's not, oh my God, it's so good to see you. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so, thank you for this party. It's, I can't believe you allowed African American people to move in on yeah. this. Like, and what were they supposed to yeah, do? Exactly. I mean, yeah, that, I, that whole thing just really threw me off because it's right after the start of the second half of the movie yeah. where they flash forward four years and it's just like, whoa, this is what we're starting off the second half he of this movie with? He was entirely too upset about that. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, it, was, it was uncomfortable. Um, do you know who Michael Franzese is? Yes. Um, so I started watching some of his shit on YouTube. He's got a whole YouTube channel. Um, and for those who don't know, he's a former mob guy that somehow is allowed to just talk about all the shit that he well, used to yeah, do. Well, yeah, it's just like uh, Henry Hill. Yeah. Yeah, but this guy was more than Henry Hill ever was. He was like a capo. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I saw him do a review of this movie, 
And he was like, personally, if I saw David Chase now, he would be glad or be thankful that I'm not still in the fucking mob. Because he, he was talking about how he was offended by this movie as an Italian because he was like, it makes it seem, and he was bringing up this scene. He's like, it makes it seem like all Italians just hate black people. And that's not the way it is at all. Why would David Chase even put this fucking scene in the movie? And I'm like, okay, I, I agree with you on that. It's, it's an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, I think there probably were some Italian people who didn't like black people back probably in the 60s so, during civil I, rights. Stuff, I think but there was probably a lot of white people. It just I don't know. I, I, one would argue more. Yeah. More I, white people, I don't, of course. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I don't think interesting choice to make that such a big fucking deal in the movie. I don't think it was David Chase's um, <laughs> mission to make it seem like all Italian people were racist fucks. I think he wanted to uh, make Tony's dad seem like a racist fuck because the whole reason Tony admires Dickie Moltisanti over his father is because he doesn't relate to his father at all. He, yeah, but Tony ends up being a racist piece of fuck in the show. Well, he probably got that from his fucking dad. Yeah. Got that from fucking Johnny. And Dickie's racist, too. He makes some racial statements. Yeah, that, that, you're right. You're right. He does you make know? most of them racist. Yeah, but the Johnny outburst, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that felt weird and out of place a little bit. Which one? Well, oh, I sorry, guess, Johnny. No, I, yeah, sorry. I thought you said Dickie. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, that was weird. And if I, God damn, if I was John Bernthal, I'd be like, all right, I don't want to do a ton of takes of this because this is just, this is, I, I would hate doing that. Yeah. I don't, can we revisit the script? Can like, I come in and say, thank you for the party and stuff. I'll be like, this is a one guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this one time and print it. It's going to be good. I'm, this is a one I'm not going to do this fucking scene 10 times because it's fucking gross. Yeah. Um, so those were my goods and bads. I honestly, I didn't finish the last 30 minutes of it on the second watch because I got to the point I was like, I know what fucking happens in this. And I honestly don't want to waste my time watching the last 30 minutes of this again. Yeah, the, it so. it falls a little flat in the last 30. Yeah. Um, what else? I, I got a lot in when you're talking about your good and bad stuff. I think what else do I have here? Oh, I didn't mention beat baseball. How'd you feel about? Oh, beat that's baseball? a definitely. I didn't know that was a thing. Is that a real thing? Beat I baseball? don't know if it's a real thing. Uh, uh, for people who haven't seen the film, beat baseball is blind kids playing baseball, but like the ball beeps, so they have to use their ears to know when to swing the bat and run. And there's beeping all over the bases, so like probably different tones, I guess. Yeah, they're unassisted, but the, these blind kids just hear sounds and they run towards them, and it's blind baseball. Yeah, and Dickie's a coach of, of beat baseball. Seems like a cool thing. That's how is that not a bigger thing now? Like that's a really genuinely fucking cool thing. If it was happening in the '60s, how is it not progressed and become something like there should be a blind baseball league, dude? I'm surprised I've never heard of that. I, if it, like, I've it's never heard thing. of it. Like, yeah, because that seems really fucking cool. It does. Um, let me ask you this: Was uh, Ray Liotta's was Uncle Uncle Sally real or a figment of Dickie's imagination? Because specifically after the beat baseball thing, he says something to Uncle Sally and he's like, beat baseball. He's like, yeah, it's baseball for blind kids. And that's when he has like the that's when you see what beat baseball is, which almost is like a dreamlike state thing. And then it comes back to Dickie and he's just sitting at an empty table like Uncle Sally just got up and left while he was. Gone. All right. But in, I'm not going to say that he's but definitely that posits not that real. he's having conversations with no one in a prison. No, I think he's in a prison of his own mind. Oh, interesting. Like maybe okay. he's not actually in the prison. That's that's trying to look too deep, probably. But it's, I saw the question on no, the internet, and I was like, "It's interesting because no one else sees Sal other than Dicky." And yeah. it is weird. It is very strange that 
Hollywood Dick has a twin brother that's never spoken about by anybody else. That but Dickie just goes and visits in prison, yeah. basically because he feels bad. And then his dad or Uncle Sal, at the second time he visits him, he's like, "Isn't it just weird though that during the riots, your dad, who never gave a shit about that hardware store, would go down there at night? Yeah, he in knew. the middle of the riot. He saw right through Dickie's bullshit, right? Yeah, but that could be Dickie's." like subconscious subconscious it's interesting he thinks that he's got away with it but he's like are people gonna ask these questions like why is nobody asking that i never even considered that as a wrinkle and i really like it yeah i i i really like i think if it is just in his mind that makes it more interesting uh because it's more and it is supposed to be kind of like the parallel for tony sitting on the couch with dr melfi dr melfi definitely real in the sopranos of course but and this nobody ever talks about his his brother or anything like that no it's never spoken about in the the soprano series either another thing his brother says is he's like you know you've been in here for a long time he's like look i was 25 i killed a made guy in our family i deserve to be in here and my thought to that is if he killed a made guy would the mob like put him to the police give him to the cops like i think the mob would probably kill someone that came after a made guy you know instead of letting him end up in jail unless the police got to him first for the murder yeah and but then he maybe try to be an informant i don't know i just i i uh i like that as a theory yeah that's way better than the tony killed dickie theory yeah i like that one way better so maybe he's maybe that's like his and the guy looks exactly like his dad so it's like he's talking to his dad dealing with his brother guilt yeah yeah so i don't know that's uh i i like that i hadn't heard that i think that's an interesting theory i like it yeah I'm gonna go with it. No, I like it. I'm 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 gonna look. I'm gonna Reddit that shit yeah. once we get done here. Oh, so uh, another uh, fun that this is a comedic scene with Johnny. Well, I, I think it's funny at least with Johnny Soprano, where he's being sentenced to prison time, and Livy is just hysterically crying, yeah. and Johnny looks like he's fucking so thankful to be going inside as opposed to going back with Livia. He's just like, oh fucking thank God, I'm going to fucking jail. Yeah, the way she starts obnoxiously crying though. Again, shout out to Vera, Vera Farmiga. Yeah, she was great. She did such a good fucking job. Best Livia. I mean, she she did Livia as good as Livia did Livia. It's not even. I mean, yeah. it, it was crazy. It's like Nancy Marchand came down and got all up in her. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down. Jesus Christ, these wops are racist. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely are. Yeah, I think that's a racial slur though, too. No, I know it's supposed to be. A, that's 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 why it's. Do you funny. know where that comes from? Uh, do wop? No, no. I actually don't. Then uh, it's I've when- probably been told. I looked it up one time, um, so I don't know if this is good to explain the history of racial slurs, but WAP is spelled W-O-P, yeah. which stood for without papers. So it was the oh. immigrants would come from Ellis Island or whatever. So they didn't why know. is that only for Italian people? I don't know. Mostly Italian people didn't Where's have Where's Dago papers come from then? I don't know about that. Okay, those yeah. are the two slurs for Italians, Dago and WAP. Yeah, I don't know. The Guinea for Irish, I don't oh, know that. Uh, uh, no, Guinea's Italian. Oh, I thought that was Irish. No, Mick is Irish. Mick is Irish. Yeah. We sh- let's just keep saying Kraut is German. Yeah, as long as they're white, we're fine. As long as they're white, we're fine. We should, yeah, we should cut all that out probably. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, we talked about that. Yep, the beat baseball talked about that. I think I think that's everything. All right. Uh, do you have anything else? Let me see. Is Uncle Sal oh, real? I, the one thing I love that Tony was just in school, like as a like a pretty young kid, like a preteen, starting a gambling operation at school. The numbers. That's thing, the yeah. most Tony Soprano thing to ever do at school. And I did think it was funny. Dickie was like, 
uh, when he's talking to Tony, young Tony, he's like, you can't be starting numbers. You know you can't be starting numbers operation at school. He's like, well, I do now. I know that now. Like, oh, oh, oh. I, I like how when Dickie's in the car right before he shoots through the, the beehive on top of um, Livia's head, he goes, hey, we're all kids once, you know. I beat up the the Mr. The Mr. Mr. Softy the Mr. Man. Softy Man and stole his truck. It's like, no, I, I don't think every <laughs> yeah. kid does that. Oh, man. There is. A, so Tony's getting in trouble in high school for stealing a math test or a geometry test, and that par- parallels. Why did you show. steal the test? Why did you steal the answers? I didn't study, and I need to stay on the football team. Yeah. It's like he's just this flat out honest about yeah. it. I didn't study, and if I didn't pass, I wasn't going to be able to play football. Yeah, he's smart, uh, but his there in the show, Anthony Junior gets caught stealing the test too. But he is not smart. No, he he's a dumb caught. fuck. Yeah, they're like they end up peeing in the uh, like the fucking janitor place when they're stealing the test, and then the principal's like. Your DNA is already on the way back from the lab. And he's like, oh, shit. Was it me that peed? And then later on, Meadow's like, idiot. He can't get your DNA. And he's like, what? I don't know. Fucking AJ is such a piece of shit. It's so funny that, that how smart Meadow is and how stupid AJ yeah. is. And it's not AJ's fault. He's just a dumb fuck. Yeah. He's, and I think he was just spoiled little brat his whole life, you know? But so was Meadow. Yeah, but Meadow, I don't know. Meadow's hot. Yeah. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Sigler, yep. Yeah. She's a uh, she's I think she has ALS. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Lou Gehrig, it's tough. Uh, she uh, dated Turtle on Entourage. Yeah, I know. My cousin calls me Turtle. He thinks I look like Turtle. I don't see it. Ah, nah, nah, I don't really see I it. I don't see it. Yeah. Hopefully it's Turtle like the last five. No, I'm, hopefully it's not Turtle 2005. The season one Turtle. Yeah. No, not, hopefully it's not season one Turtle. Yeah. Because I need to hit the gym. Yeah, no, I don't think you're. I well, I don't think you look like Turtle, but if you do, it'd be you know the later, yeah, turtle. later Turtle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When he's dating a chick that I think is Blanca in The Sopranos, she plays like the Avion Tequila. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's HBO had all those actors in her contracts. So yeah. They did all sorts of stuff. They always ended up in the shows. All right. But yeah, you know, overall, oh, 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 don't uh, don't make fun of people falling downstairs. I don't like that talk. <laughs> All right, do you know what time it is? Drinking Buddies. Not that time. It's time for Tipsy Trivia. Yeah, let's fucking rage. This is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Keenan gets, well, not this time since it's Sober October for him, but normally if Keenan got three of the five correct, I would have to shotgun, and he didn't. If you would get less than three correct, he would have to shotgun, and I wouldn't. But inevitably, we would all end up shotgunning because that kind of show. Number one. I should get, like, little cans of espresso or some shit. Oh, God, that would, that would be wild. To sh- I mean, I'm into it. I'm fucking I'm party, man. Numer eins. Which former... Uh, whoops. This is... Sorry, I guess. Which... my <laughs> That was, was last week's. Here's oh, this week's. All right. Number one. True or false? James Gandolfini was regularly contacted by real-life wise guys complimenting him on the, oh, on the authenticity of the series. Sorry to preface, not a lot of trivia on the film, so we're doing t- uh, t- trivia on the series, The Sopranos. That's cool. Uh, that's true. It's definitely true. And they also gave him advice on his performance and how like real-life wise guys would do certain things, um, certain affects, certain... <clears throat> um, you know, what, what, what is that called when you have uh, traits or like mannerisms? Uh, mannerisms, yeah. certain yeah. mannerisms. Uh, apparently one of the things he was actually told was that 
the Don doesn't wear shorts. Mm-hmm. And that, that got written into the show at one point. Yeah, no, well, because he, what happened was he wore shorts in one of the episodes, yeah. and then there were multiple guys like, that, dude, don't, that doesn't happen. Don't yeah. ever do that again. And then, then they wrote in later, like, you know, they made a joke, like, yeah, the Don doesn't wear shorts. Yeah. Uh, Johnny said he was at a party out out of your house. You were wearing shorts. Don don't wear shorts. Don don't wear shorts. Uh, number two, true or false? Sorry. True or false? Tony Sirico was a real-life wise guy before he became an actor who eventually took the role of Polly Walnuts. True. It is true. He also said he would only sign on to play the role if he was assured Polly Walnuts would never be turned into an informant or a rat. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. And he gets to kill Big Pussy, who is a rat. Well, they kind of all kill Big Pussy. Yeah, they all do. On that boat. Not me. I kill him again. Yeah, Polly Wallace. I just remember, I think it is episode one where Polly Wallace at the end is just with that that broad and he's just like grabbing her tits like that bare-breasted lady. Probably. Nah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, number three, true or false? Steven Van Zant was originally cast to play Tony Soprano. Oh, true. This is true. Yeah. HBO told David Chase to fuck off when he informed them of the casting. They weren't going to uh, cast the lead in a major television series as a first-time actor, so then he was given the role of Silvio. Yeah. Number four. Ah, you probably won't get this one. Which major actor turned down the role of Tony Soprano before Stephen Van Zandt was cast? Was it A, Harvey Keitel, B, Ray Liotta, C, Joe Pesci, or D, Chaz Palminteri? You know who Chaz Palminteri is? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, going to okay. say Chaz Palminteri. Uh, I would have thought that's who it was. No, uh, Ray Liotta turned oh, okay. it down. He didn't want to commit to doing a television series because you, you forget TV was what – B-list actors did before the Sopranos. Right. They started the golden age of television. They made it cool or okay for A-list actors to do TV. Like that was the quality of TV they were making. Yeah. HBO started that. And they this show still didn't have a lot of A-list actors in it. I I mean, no, they didn't. people who would become they um, uh, not even a lot that would become. No, like, the only A-list guy now is uh, obviously James Gandolfini. Yeah, but well, even him, he wasn't like starring in a lot of movies after this no this this definitely skyrocketed his yeah. career and and david chase's writing was so good and it was yeah. so well made the production value was so good that it was this felt like an hour of a movie every sunday yeah that's why it's not tv it's hbo yeah exactly so and then you know other production companies and networks figured out oh shit we can spend real money on original content and make something that's really high production quality value that is really good. Yeah. So then that's why I said, I think the golden age of television began with the Sopranos. I think it hit its apex with breaking bad. And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily on a downward trajectory, but I think it's kind of hit like it's plateau. I think it's on a downward trajectory just because there's too much now, too many streaming platforms. Yeah. Yeah, There's, Um, it's hard to even watch everything. There's so much content. I'd say that game of Thrones was the last one of that, like golden age. So you think peaked at breaking bad because all those shows were still like streaming services were still certainly for Sopranos. Wasn't anywhere. Streaming wasn't anywhere like it is now breaking bad. I did catch up on and start watching when it was on Netflix, but I caught up with it to where it was like weekly viewing. Yeah. Game of Thrones, even though on demand and stuff like that, people were still watching it every Sunday and shit like that. Yeah. But now a lot of the big shows people are talking about, like the Mandalorian and shit like that are coming directly to streaming. So it's not the same in that sense of like that weekly appointment viewing where 
everyone's watching it the same night and then going to work the next day and or school or whatever and talking about it. That speaks more to how we consume media now than it does to it's not that the shows are worse. It's just that we consume media so much differently. Oh, yeah, I it's know. hard to have a show be a hit unless you can convince everyone to have every streaming platform somehow. Yeah. I and I think just the influx of just too many shows and I don't I think the quality has just gone down. Yeah. Um as everyone is trying to kind of jump on that whole well, I'm a movie star, but shows are where it's supposed to be. But then you've got you Nicole Kidman doing show, a streaming like, show. Nicole whatever. fucking Kidman yeah. is doing a streaming show. For- There's just too many that's supposed to be epic and shit, and then you watch it and it's like, ah, yeah. No, I know. this was back when it wasn't even a, it wasn't even close. The best show on television was The Sopranos, and it. And people will argue with you on that about The Wire. They'll say that The Wire. Was, oh, guess that, know, that's actually great. They were the same. Time. That's actually a great fucking point. Yeah, gun to my head. Sopranos and Wires 1A. I the Wires yeah. fucking great. See, I've never finished the Wire. That's I the need thing. to do that instead of watch the Sopranos 17 times. And from a cultural <laughs> perspective, Sopranos was way bigger than the yeah. Wire. The Wire was kind of a cult classic and a it was cult another hit. good cop show drama show. This this did change like the TV formula. Like you were talking about, the anti-hero became the thing. Yep, there was there was no such thing as a TV character that was an anti-hero that you kind yeah. of. I don't know, didn't necessarily root for, but were captivated by and wanted to follow. Yeah. I think at the beginning you start rooting for you're rooting for Tony, but as it goes on you realize, oh, same thing with Walter Just White. Just like Walter White. Yeah, it's it's um, the same arc. Yeah. But I think Tony where it's different is Tony is really kind of always a piece of shit. Yeah. It just took the show longer to fully embrace that. Walter White, you see him go from being a nobody loser to losing his goddamn mind and being, I'm the one that knocks. So here's the thing, Keenan, and I agree with you to a certain point, but I also think they did a great job of making Tony Soprano obviously a sociopath and a bad person. But throughout the show, and especially when you get those kind of, um, that introspection that you see with him when he's with Dr. Melfi, mm-hmm. I think there are points that humanize him and make you kind of oh, yeah. understand why he is the way he is, even though he is a bad person. You understand what got him there. Ultimately, yeah, but ultimately there's really nothing redeeming about either of the characters. But I think Walter starts in a place They both love where, their family. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Walter White's a real piece of shit. Immediate family. Not Skylar's a real piece of shit. I don't know. Well, Sky- Skylar's Skylar's a lot like fucking Janice. I just don't, I'm just like, "Ugh, yeah. god, you're fucking annoying." I saw a meme the other day that was like well, that's cool, Walter. Unfortunately for you, I had sexual intercourse with Ted Binicky. And I don't know. It just made me laugh. It was just her face. I was she just did like, God, that. she sucks. All right. Number five. One more. Oh, with a guma. Oh, uh, over under 800. How many times is the word fuck used in season two? <laughs> over. Under 715. Okay. Tony, Tony says it 264 times. Sill says it 34 times. Polly says it 31 times. Christopher says it 68 times, Carmela says it nine times, and then other, so anyone else in the cast, 309. Okay. All right. Yeah, so 800. Uh, oh, sorry, 715. Um, okay. Well, I didn't want to say this before or after question four because I thought it might be question five. Okay, go. Uh, but another little fun fact, uh, because Ray Liotta, question four, he was in Goodfellas, thought about playing Tony or thought four for Tony. Uh, Dr. Melfi, uh, Lorraine Bracco, she was Karen in Goodfellas, and she was offered the role of Carmela initially. Yep. Turned it down because it was too much like exactly. Karen from Goodfellas. Yeah, and uh, again, one of the things that I, Edie Falco is fantastic. I, yeah. I don't, and she's great as Melfi. Like I did, that was just just like like 
just like Van Zant being Sill instead of Tony, I, I just think it was a really good decision, not because those people would have been bad in that role. Oh, no. And if you want to know how Lorraine Bronco or Bronco would have been as Carmela, go watch, watch Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Absolutely. And that's absolutely who she is. There's so much, so many similarities between those characters. You get way more of Carmela because it's 86 episodes. But. Karen, Karen's a little more emotionally unstable than Carmela, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Karen kind of, yeah. She buys into it a little more. But she saw, what's his name, beat her uh, boyfriend up with a gun, you know? Henry Hill, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe Carmela saw that, maybe not. She saw him beat some people up outside at the of end, the yeah, booth, at the side of the phone booth. Not with a gun, you know? All right, now moving on to... Drinking Buddies. This is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character, not an actor, but a character from the film. We would get irresponsibly fucked up, shit-faced, drunk, shivoed, if you will, and I will with. Keenan. who's your drinking buddy? Um, I think I'm going to go... I don't know. I just want to hang out with all of them. I agree. You know? If you could get them all as a group, I think if we had a... Uh, you know, like uh, at the bottom bing when they're playing cards at the bottom yeah. bing, if you get all of them at the same time, yeah, I'm an all in on that. I'll, I'll hang out at Satrials while they're yeah, playing. Satriels, yeah, Satrials, yeah. Uh, but it, but if I got to choose, I'm going to Sylvia. Even if it's this Even shitty, if it's this weird, this, this weird ver- like, it's weird, crazy version of Sylvia. I guess I'd hang out with Polly if, I, if I'm going to pick one of Polly them. Polly Walnuts. Polly Walnuts. Look at me. Spent a couple years in the can, a couple years in the service, and now here I am, half a wise guy. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What the fuck are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Moving on to Rotten Tomatoes over under the last segment of the show. I will set the critics at a seventy percent. Over. It is seventy four percent. Okay. The audience I will set as sixty percent. Under. Fifty seven percent. Okay. IMDb is six point four. Six point. Oh, I put six point five. Is it six four? Well, I mean, it might have changed. It's so new. Oh, but it fair was six point four at one point in time. When I, uh, as of the date I did this research, it was at six five. All right. All right. Well, I think that does it for episode ninety nine of Real Buzz oh. Takes. Yep, big old the century mark coming up next week. Well, That's not right. next week. I, I, I'm out of town next week. So, oh. we, or, but we'll do it when I get back. On a, I'll, I'll do research for before I go out of town. I got Quiggs's wedding, and then we'll do it again on like a Monday or Tuesday. All right, that'll work. Uh, I gotta think of a good one for episode one, the century mark. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll do uh, one hundred one Dalmatians. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll do that for the hundred. Uh, well, on, like, or, 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 is it the animation or the uh, the uh, live action? Either with, with both with Glenn Close, or we could do Cruella. Yeah, cruel, Cruella with uh, Emma Stone. God, she's so hot. Yeah, of course, she's beautiful. Yeah. I'd eat her shit. all right on that note thank you for listening to episode 99 of real buzz takes we are the real buzz Two. kanan take us out oh this concludes our broadcast nope try it again kanan take us out oh Oh. we are the real buzz crew and we review the best of the worst for you gotta get the gabagool Oh, thank you.